You're listening to the Word Live International Outreach Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, visit wordalive.org. We hope you enjoy this message from Kent Maddox. We started talking about limitless. Living a life limitless in faith and in anointing and all that God has for us this season. And... If I had a title of talk I want to give you shortly, it simply would be start here. See, isn't it amazing that that one simple act of faith and obedience, how does that work? Never lifted my hands before. And how does God even know that that woman's here? Infinite wisdom. And respond to that simple act of faith in him. And that one next step moves heaven. You could be your next step away from God's breakthrough in your life. From tapping into this limitless place. Bev calls me Christopher Columbus because I find everything by accident. And I refuse to ask for directions. That's pride. I'm dealing with that. Getting better. But I do love it like when you're at a kiosk, like a mall, outside mall or a airport especially for me and you get to this kiosk and it's like you are here I like to like oh okay and then you can start here to take the next step and so hopefully today you will find out where's here for you and then how do you take the next step to move into this place of limitless faith when you speak of limitless faith to me there's one name that stands out scripture and it's Elijah Now, if you're familiar with Scripture, you know about Elijah. If you're not, Elijah was a powerful prophet of Israel who did great exploits for the kingdom of God. What's interesting is not only does they talk about him in the Old Testament, but also the New Testament. And in James chapter 5, verse 17 through 18, here's one one of the attributes of Elijah. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now here's a man, somebody say a man, with a nature just like ours. In other words, he's a human being, a nature just like ours, yet somehow he has built himself this place of faith that in actuality I can't find even one place in scripture where God instructs him to close heaven or open heaven but he has the ability through his prayers because if you read that on it says the fervent effective prayer of a righteous man makes much power available he had found this place of relationship with God in a a place in prayer that his prayers could literally open heaven or shut heaven men of great faith And so if you go to the Old Testament and you kind of get a synopsis of him there in 1 Kings 17 and 18, I won't take time to go through all the scriptures with you today, but I'll just hit the headlines with you because I want you to see the extreme power of what this man could accomplish. First of all, it says something like this, he found himself by a brook and God commanded ravens to feed him. Now I don't know about you, but I'd like to have a relationship with God like, hey guys, Kent's hungry, bird fly, drop it off, you know what I'm talking about? Powerful. He actually was sent to a widow woman in verse 16 who who was about to die eating her last meal. And it says something like this. The 
when he prayed and she gave him her last meal, the bin of flour was not used up and the jar of oil didn't run dry according to the word that Elijah spoke. He spoke a miracle of provision into place for this woman. Verse 21, he, he, he winds up in a house where there's a dead child and lays himself on the child and prays three times and it says, the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back in him and he was revived. Kings spoke of him and said, this prophet is unusual. What we say in our bedroom, it seems he hears. He knows our plans before we ever, ever, ever start to try to fulfill them. And so we see, see this, this powerful prophet literally rebuking kings and challenging kings about their taking people away from God. He said, you call on the name of your gods or he said, have you not, I've not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. And then, of course, you have the showdown on Mount Carmel. If you had not read it, it's really powerful. Moses shows up with 450 prophets of Baal. And Baal, I didn't know till this week, literally Baal was the god of thunder, lightning, and rain. And so he says, you call on your god, I'll call on my god. And the god that answers by fire, he's God. And then he built an altar and poured water on it so that no little spark could dare set it off. It had to be God. And then he said, you start first. And then Elijah like gets an attitude. Like, like, he's like, what's wrong with your God? And it, there was a direct translation says, is he on the toilet? Is, 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 is he tied up right now? Can't hear you? Can't get? Starts mocking their false gods. This goes on for a long time. And then when Elijah calls on God. The fire of God falls and consumes the altar. And then he takes a sword and kills 450 prophets of Baal. He's bad. But something strange happens. Here's this prophet with a nature just like ours. That literally has the power to shut heaven and open heaven. Raise the dead. Speak miraculous provision into place. Confront powerful kings, call fire down from heaven, and he loses his faith. Now, I don't know about you, but that is very encouraging to me. Because I'm like, God, I'm not Elijah. But if Elijah can lose his faith, then I'm okay that at times I've lost mine. And it's encouraging because. We look at the rest of the story. What caused Elijah to have this faith crisis or to succumb to this in the midst of all this going on? Interesting. 1 Kings 19 says, Ahab told Jezebel all Elijah had done. Jezebel in the Bible speaks of a demonic entity, basically. And Jezebel in the, in, in, in the scriptures is this powerful force. And Ahab, the king, tells her the list of exploits that... Elijah has performed. And Jezebel, it says, sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. That's how powerful this messenger of Satan was. That's why I think we have to be careful sometimes because right in the midst of our huge success and great exploits, we become very vulnerable to the voice of the enemy. 
And it says Jezebel sent a messenger to him. And just at the message, Jezebel didn't even come herself. Just a messenger from Jezebel struck this prophet of God with such fear and had believed so powerful the voice of the enemy. Let's pause here just a minute. Maybe we try to teach people to hear the voice of God. Maybe we should instruct you as well how to hear the voice of the enemy. Because sometimes you better realize which voice you're listening to. Because if you buy into the voice of the enemy, it will absolutely take you out. And we've, it's happened to all of us. We've believed this voice that's actually of the enemy. And this voice took him all the way to a place. He ran for his life and he said he literally got down under a tree and prayed that he might die. And said something like this, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't take this anymore. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been through some seasons like that. That I get up every morning and I'm like, this is relentless. I can't believe it's another messenger. (laughs) And you get to the place where the phone rings, you don't even believe it's going to be good anymore. You know, at one time, you know, you're believing like somebody's going to have good news. You get to where you're just expecting bad news. You go to the mailbox. You're not expecting a check. You're expecting a bill. You know what I'm talking about? You're, you get this fault. You just, this voice of the enemy brings you such discouragement and such disillusionment and such despair. And you just get to the place, I can't do this anymore. Anybody, anybody done that? Three of us, everybody else, top of your game. Exactly what happened to Elijah. He came under attack from Jezebel, a messenger from Satan, lost his vision, lost his purpose, lost his faith, believed the voice of the enemy. But i got good news for you. You may fight supernatural battles, but not without supernatural help. Because here is Elijah in the deepest, darkest point, losing his faith. And all of a sudden, something cool happens. In verse 5 of chapter 19, it says, As he lay and slept under a broom tree. That's what witches ride, right? That <laughs> shows me it was demonic. Slept under a broom tree. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. First time ever, angel food cake shows up in history is Elijah right there. Thick, moist. He says, he, he says Arise and eat. Can you imagine? So God, here he is in the midst of his deepest despair. God sends an angel. Mm. God sends an angel to him and touches him and says, Arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel came back the second time, touched him, said, Arise and eat. The journey's too great for you. Come on. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a powerful piece of cake right there. All the way to Horeb, the mountain of God. What's my point? I got good news for you. You may be in the deepest, darkest point or the most, most despair you've ever found yourself in. Your visions, you're losing your vision. You're, you're hearing the voice of the enemy. You're being overwhelmed by circumstances. I'm telling you, God will send an angel to you right in the midst of your crisis, and he will strengthen you and pick you up and move you on your journey. I prayed with a girl this morning at this altar who came in tears. I said, what's going on with you? She said, I had overdosed. I had taken 90 colotopin or something like that. I was, I was specifically overdosing in the bed. She said, I don't know why it happened. She said, but something kicked me out of the bed. My head hooked the floor, and it snapped me out of it long enough for them to keep me alive and get me to the hospital. And I'm here today. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ because I know he saved me. Come on, somebody. I think an angel rolled her out of the bed that night in her deepest, darkest despair. I got good news for somebody. There is not a pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. 
sent an angel to. Supernatural. And he sent Elijah to the mountain to meet with God. And this is where I love it. And on the mountain, Elijah's standing before God. And it says God showed up. And an earth, and, and I think a wind was the first thing. Then an earthquake. And then a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Or one translation said, a whisper. I love this part about God. He wasn't there to intimidate him. He wasn't there as this big, boisterous God. He came in a whisper, Elijah. Elijah. Intimacy. Elijah. And he spoke to Elijah's heart right in the midst of this circumstance. And he asked him, what are you doing here? How did you wind up here, Elijah? This is not my plan. This is not my destiny. This is not my purpose. Elijah gives him his complaint. Elijah says, well, I've been very zealous for the house of the Lord your God. The children of Israel has forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I am left alone. And now they seek to take my life. What had happened? He had believed the voice of the enemy. Because the number one thing the enemy will do, he'll make you think you are all alone. That you're the only one in this whole church that's going through something. That you're the only one that's losing your faith. That you're the only one that's ever had these times of difficulties. I got news for you in here today. Everybody in here has got something going on. I'll be back. I said everybody in here has got something going on. Everybody in here has got a weakness. Everybody in here has got an issue. Everybody in here has got a struggle. My struggle's not your struggle. Your struggle's not my struggle. But everybody here has got one. So I just break the voice of the enemy for you to think you're the only one that's got anything going on. Because everybody's here got something going on. But I got good news. The grace of God is here today to whisper to your heart and move you forward into your purpose, into your destiny. So Elijah says, I'm the only one left. And God's like, Elijah, there's 7,000 people like you that have not yet bowed the knee to Baal. You're not alone. There's 7,000 of you that are here ready to do what I want them to do. And he said, here's what I want you to do. Simple next step. Go anoint Elisha. So powerful. Go anoint Haziel, king over Syria, and go anoint Jehu over Israel. What is that about? Get back to what you're called to do. Just get up and get back at what you're called to do. I called you to anoint these people. And he gave him three simple next steps. Robert Heidler, who I got inspired by a part of this message from, called it God's threefold cord of grace to Elijah. He said, just do these next simple steps. And as you do, your vision will come back. My voice will get louder than the enemy's voice. And you'll begin to see me move again powerfully in your life. 
And I will bring you out of this place that you found yourself and you will fulfill your purpose and your destiny. Well, the Bible records it so powerfully. He only made it to do one thing. He didn't even get, he didn't even, it started happening for him so fast that he took his, only his first step and everything just started happening by itself. So what he anointed Elisha, then it was over. Elisha anointed Jehu. Jehu went threw down Jezebel and defeated her and his whole mission of Elijah was to tear down Jezebel and the altars and when he anointed Elisha and Elisha anointed Jehu and Jehu got the, got the whole deal done for him. Could it be that God will let you get to a place that you need somebody else to get alongside you and help you fulfill your call and your purpose and your anointing? Can it be some of the processes letting you get to the place you realize you're not the only one that God needs to send somebody in your life that'll help you and come alongside you to fulfill your purpose and your calling? And we know he fulfilled his purpose. Why? Because it says God sent a blinking chariot after him. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, you, you, you've done pretty well if God sends a chariot to take you home. You know what I'm talking about? And he fulfilled his purpose and his destiny. Well, it happens to everybody, doesn't it? Everybody here finds himself in this place of being overwhelmed, circumstances, and it doesn't happen all of a sudden. It's gradual. I call it vision drift. But the enemy starts speaking to you, and then and he's smart. So, some of my research about this, of why, how Elijah got to this place, one, he was exhausted. I mean, it says he, 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 he did enough in one day that most of us wouldn't do in a lifetime when you read the scriptures. See, the enemy will wait till you're physically exhausted, and then he'll come while you're physically exhausted and down, and he'll just jump on you both hands and both feet right then. He believed the voice of the enemy. He lost focus and vision of what he was actually called a purpose to do. But God, through his grace, came, gave him three simple next steps. He just did one of them, and his call and mission was fulfilled. What's my point to you today? When you find yourself in a place like this, What's the most important thing is to hear the whisper of God. It says Elijah wrapped himself in his mantle. I know when I've been in circumstances like this, I start listening for everybody's voice because I'm just looking for a way out. And when you start listening to everybody's voice and you, and you don't hear the Lord's voice, you can get going in a lot of different directions. And you actually can get stuck. Here's the illustration I have for you. I would like to be an outdoorsman. Like, because I think they're cool. You know, the hunters, the fishermen, these, these guys, they're like, I just like them. I think they're cool. I like all their gear. You know, I like everything about it. So I've tried to be an outdoorsman. My first was hunting. And it was, it was weird. I mean, you have to get up like early in the morning and sit in the cold woods. And you're like, what in the world is this about? You know, and you don't seldom see anything you know like wow this is awesome and then, anyway so I'll never forget you know when I was trying to get involved because my son was involved my wife sent me she said won't you just take a book well, that's a good idea so I'm sitting there all painted up you know and all my dough stuff all over me you know and sitting there and, I'm, and she sent me with the book called the notebook this love story and so after about halfway through it you know I'm like Tears are running down my camo paint, you know, and I'm just wanting to go find Bev and hug her, you know. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I, I care. And so I thought hunting's not my, I'm not my deal. And uh, I tried the skull thing because I love that circle on your, on, your, on, on your thing, but it makes you dizzy as a donut. And I couldn't do that deal, you know, so I had to put that away. 
so I'm thinking I'll try fishing. So we get this boat, and we knew nothing about it, and we didn't know you had to have a trolling, like a little trolling thing up front. So we would just, we'd just run wide open. We saw people kind of like fishing on the banks. We'd run wide open and then just cut it back and glide by the bank. And we'd shoo, shoo, shoo. You know, that, that's the way we trolled, you know, down the lake. Then we thought, somebody told us, you need to get a trolling motor. Oh. So we get us a trolling motor, and then they say fishing at night. That's what you need to do. Okay. So four, we're four in the boat, little boat we had at night fishing. I'm up front in a chair with trolling motor. I am the man. Guy says, hey, does your boat ever take on water? I'm like, no. I said, you know, like if you do some kneeboarding and stuff and you, you know, getting in and out of the water, it gets, the carpets get wet. He said, no, no, I'm talking about like up around my calf. I jumped from the seat and I jumped down there and sure enough, phew, it's that deep. Well, it's at night. And your first reaction is to bail. Right? But if you've ever been in that situation, you can't bail fast enough to keep the, the, the water coming in. And, and I, I thought that was spiritual. A lot of people get in a mess and the first thing they want to do is they want to bail. Maybe not get the water out, but maybe they're just wanting to give up. They're wanting to quit. But fortunately, I had remembered... That my uncle, growing up, I did a lot of boating with my uncle, and when his boat would take on water, he would say, Kent, we have to move forward. And he would get the boat moving forward and get us up on plane and ask me to take the plug out because once the boat's moving, you can actually take the plug out, and the water will actually run out of the boat, not in the boat, if you're moving forward. And so I thought, fortunately, this all came back to me in a moment, and I jumped in the driver's seat and started and hammered it down and went, and it was so full of water, it wouldn't, they were moving like three miles, so I'm like, guys, put your life jacket on, we're going under, you know, this thing's, this thing's going down, and we had this large place across the lake we're trying to get to, get to the other side, and it sounds like Jesus said, well, let's go to the other side, and, and we're, but we just started moving. And it didn't get there fast, and, and it seemed like we might still be sinking, and it seemed like we were still in the same circumstances, but we were moving forward. And so what happened is we moved forward. All of a sudden, more power took over than water was in the boat, and the boat jumped up on top of the water, and the water began to recede, and we went to the other side. What am I telling you? No matter what mess you find yourself in today, just take you a next step, get your boat moving, moving forward and when you do the power of God will take over in your life and the circumstances will begin to leave and you will make it to the other side. Come on somebody. Woo! You might all might as well everybody stand up right now is a good time to praise God. Come on get up on your feet. Woo! That's all that happened with Elijah. God knew if he could just get him moving forward, even though it might be slow in the beginning, in a simple next step, that if he could just get him moving forward, the power of God would take over. 
My Bible says something like this, draw nigh to God. God will draw nigh to you. And so my point to you today is simply this. If Elijah can lose his faith, so can we. But if you find yourself in this place where you've lost your faith, you've lost your vision, you're overwhelmed by circumstances in life, don't bail. Just start moving forward. Ask God, God, what is my next step? Stand on the mountain before God. Ask Him, Lord, speak to me. What is my next step? Well, it could be freedom track. It could be I, just take, I need to take a next step in my faith. Could be priorities. Could be you've been ignoring your wife. That's why you got the problems you're in. Could be you ignoring your husband. Could be you need to take that next step to, 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 to make that relationship a priority in your life. It could be just as simple as, you know what? Maybe I'll read the Bible. See, I talked to a guy this week. He's in a mess. He came to see me in a mess. Needing answers. And it's pretty simple. He started losing his faith. And I see it happen all the time. Life got busy. Started having lots of children, which is a blessing. Got busy with career. Got busy with his family. Busy paying mortgages. Busy doing life. And the next thing you know... God became less important and everything else became more important. And that's not bad. I mean, that's not, that's not evil. It just happens. And then all he knew is how to try to deal with it and try to bail. And so he started bailing with trying to, you know, work more. And then that got him more exhausted. And, and then he's trying to do more for the children. And that got him more exhausted. And then he got stressed out. And so he starts drinking more. And, and now he's drinking too much. And he's working too much. And he's in a mess. So he come to see me expecting me to say, quit drinking. Quit this. Quit that. Quit this. That's what we want to do, isn't it? But it's like I was sitting in front of him. And I felt like that would be the, that would be the God in the, in the earthquake or the fire or the wind. Arr! Instead of, hey, it's going to be okay. Let's don't quit anything. Let's just start something. Let's don't quit anything. Don't quit drinking. Don't quit working. Don't quit. Do, just start something. Take a next step. Move forward. I said, have you been reading your Bible? He said, I just thought about this week. I can't even find my Bible. I said, how about this? Start reading your Bible. He said, I can do that. I said, are you giving? He said, no, it's the first thing I quit. I said, won't you start back? That's the next step. Why? Return to me. I'll return to you. I said, can you get to church? He said, man, I'm busy. I said, forget it. Just watch online. Drink and watch if you have to. You say, you say, well, I don't go for that. Well, that's because you've never been there. But see, I know what's going to happen. I know if he starts getting a hold of this, 
And if he starts connecting to all this, that drinking is just going to fade away because my Bible says something like this. Draw out of God, God will draw out of you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It ain't about you running from the devil. You start taking some next steps. The devil will start running from you and move out of your life. See, we tell people, bail instead of move forward. Just take the next step. Now, I can give you a whole list of next steps. But I think here's where we mess up. If I'm telling you what to do, then you're looking to me. And I ain't got no power to help you. But my Bible says, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Because everybody here has got a different next step. And so my prayer for you before we leave today is simply this, that the Lord is going to speak to you what your next step is. And when you take it, something's going to happen. And it's going to be powerful. I read this morning, I thought it was so powerful about this. It's not Elijah, but it was just good to me. Peter went through a difficult time. And I love this. Jesus came to Peter and he says, Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you're converted, you will actually strengthen your brethren. And I got to thinking, man, I love it. My brother's a powerful prayer. If your Dan prays for you, something's going to happen to you. Don't let him. He's the one that prayed me into the kingdom. He started praying dirty, hairy prayers. You know, like, like getting Jesus. That kind of, you know, you know like he, he wasn't no sweep. He started praying dirty, hairy prayers toward me, like get him Jesus, whip him Jesus. You know, by, Whatever you got to do, get him in the can. Man, God did it. <laughs> and I know other people in this room that if, that if they prayed for you, man, it's powerful. But how about this? Jesus has prayed for you. Yeah. Now, if there's a prayer, it's going to be answered. And no matter where you're at or what you're going through, Jesus says, I have prayed for you, and your faith is not going to fail. In this season, you will hear what your next step is. And as you take that step, the power of God is going to meet you in your life. And I promise you, this time next year, you're going to look back and you're going to say, I have lived limitless because I took that next step with God and He moved me forward in my purpose and my destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father, we just come before you. God, I'm... I'm thankful that you're a God who speaks. You're not like an idol that has a mouth that can't talk or ears that can't hear or hands that can't move. You're real. And you are a very present help in time of trouble. And so, Lord, there's some of us here today that we've not lost our faith, but we definitely know there's more. There's something more. There's something else there's there's a higher place there's a deeper place there's another place you're wanting to take us to Lord speak to us what that next step might be in our life but Lord there's some here this morning and, and literally you've just been overwhelmed by circumstances disillusionment disappointment thought it was going to work out one way and it didn't and you just feel like you're going under I pray that Lord right now would send an angel to strengthen you. 
that even, even before any circumstances change or you hear what your next step is, that a quickening spirit right now would fall upon your life and you would be quickened today in your inner man and hope would come back alive and strength would enter your body and your mind and, a, and a, just, a, just a thought would come to you that yes, you will have the strength to take the next step. And that now the Spirit of God would speak to you of what your next step is toward Him. And that you would have the courage to obey and move forward and fulfill your purpose and your destiny in this earth. It could have been over for Elijah. Elijah was done with Elijah, but God wasn't done with Elijah. And you may have given up on God, but God's not giving up on you. And he brought you here today to hear this word so that you could move forward in this season of your life. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that anointing. And we thank you for speaking to your people now. And we honor you for it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Visit wordalive.org for more content from Word Alive International Outreach.